Hello everyone and welcome to RP Geeks. Uh, we play Dungeons and Dragons and we talk about science. Um, this is our weekly episode of our ongoing exciting campaign. Um, a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, and if you hang around after the uh, adventures are finished, we'll be discussing some of the science that has come up during the story and explaining all the D&D, but with science. Ali, you're giving me a really D's. weird look. I'm like, I hope I'm oh, explaining this right. And the, also the Ds and also the, the Ss, which is the science. <laughs> uh, uh, let's introduce ourselves. I will go first. Uh, hi there. Uh, my name is Sharmini. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. My name is Sharmini. I use she, her pronouns. Um, in my real day-to-day -day life, uh, I'm a science journalist, but today I shall be playing Tenebris. That is why, uh, for those of you who are watching and not listening on the podcast, I am dressed like this. Um, it is because um, I'm a future human based on a drow and also using this the spells and things of a sorcerer, um, Emily Bates. Hello, I am Emily Bates. I use she, her pronouns, and in my day-to-day, -day, I am a science video producer. And tonight, I will be playing Infinite Sky 6000, who is a terraforming druid droid who is sent to different planets to uh, create, well, not create life, make it habitable for life. Simon. Uh, and I'm Simon, hello. Uh, I am in, I was gonna say in my real job, I don't have a real job. I'm a mostly a YouTuber and Twitch streamer, uh, <laughs> making stuff around science, mostly atmospheric stuff. But uh, tonight and future Wednesdays, Hopefully. I am going to be playing, it sounds very much <laughs> like stars in your eyes when we say, and tonight I'm going to be. Uh, <laughs> Uriel, who is a, uh, a dwarf <coughs> monk, but reskinned. It's a future human, but not for much longer with a lot of cybernetic enhancements. Uh, and that just leaves the last member of the Motley crew, Ali. The final one. I am Ali Jennings, my name. I use he, him pronouns. I'm the DM, is what I wanted to say at the start. Um, and also, I just want to say a little bit about the world for those of you who may be coming to us for the first time. So we are playing D&D, but our challenge is to do it in a way where all the magic and everything and all the kind of mystery of the D&D format and the world and all the gods and everything is explicable through science. So we're setting it far in the future where this sort of science could actually exist. And every time we use a spell or anything like that, we describe it in a way that's actually technically possible. We try really, really hard to. <laughs> a bit of a stretch sometimes, sometimes but it's got, sometimes we... there's some fascinating science that we come up with to explain things, so yeah. Also, a lot of lot of large gaps. <laughs> Nanites doing a lot of heavy lifting in this universe. Hard <laughs> on nanobots, like a lot. As you'd expect, right? The small. Anyway, um, so that's it. Roll the intro. Let's do it. Roll the intro. See you on the other side. So, we find our heroes deep beneath the earth. After tracking a group of smugglers into an ancient cave system, they had confronted them, performing some sort of ritual at the face of this immense, unearthly wall. They fought, but they could not prevent the smugglers from activating something. Something of ungodly power. So, 
our brave party fled. And we joined them, riding Ow. a mechanical panther away way. from the wall. Tactical retreat. Being chased by a searing wave of white hot energy. Oh god. I forgot that bit. I remember yeah. the panther. But... The people behind us uh, no longer exist because they caught fire because it was so hot. Yeah. So let's keep going. Also, like, me and uh, Sharmini are aware of where we are. Bates, where do you think you are right now? No, no, Infinity just vaguely knows what's where she is, but she's currently a panther. a lovely and, uh, forest. I'm just wild-shaped to a panther running along. In a let forest. Me, let me tell you guys what you see. Tenebris and Uriel, riding the back of this strangely coloured mechanical uh, creature, you assume, um, you see uh, twisted crystal pillars rising up but behind you you've cleared these uh, these these sort of strange crystalline structures um you see uh things falling from the ceiling you hear the shattering sound of rocks falling around you and you feel on the back of your necks the boiling roiling hot air in front of you a stretch of flat ground sloping slightly upwards with the tunnel entrance you came in just at the top infinity you do not see this you see as you look over your shoulder just behind you a towering jungle of angular trees you hear the screeches of monkeys parakeets that was a cockerel in front of you <laughs> you see a clearing in the forest so all three of you what would you like to do well for dear life infinity is just running towards the clearing um you're running into the clearing you see yeah. it in front of you a, uh, a clearing in the jungle. You still see around you plants, ferns growing out of the ground. You hear the noise of animals. You can't see anything particular. There's no exit. Okay. Um, d does Infinity know that she feels like she's swapped locations, or does she just 100% now believe that, like, do I have a memory of being in the cave? Or has something. Remember. You remember the cave, you know that this is not real. Okay. But it's all you can see. Is there anything I can, like, remember? Like, do I, because you said, I think you said I recognized the area. Do I remember what it was, why I would have been there? You, last time you rolled a perception check and you recognized the shapes of the trees right. that allowed you to guide yourself out uh, into this clearing. Mm -hmm. Now that you're here, you can... What are you trying to do, exactly? I, I was just wanting to know if she recognised, like, if there was, like, a safe place to go, if she remembered a, a direction to travel that might be... I mean, I'm saying safe, but, like, at, in that world, that would have been a safe place. There's nothing apparent just from looking. And remember, you are running. At speed. Yeah, she'll just keep going, then. Just keep charging forward. Oh what, do, what do we see as yeah. she's running forward? Yeah, where are we running? As, God. 
infinity it charges forwards. You see that she's headed up the slope, but not towards the entrance. She's headed a little way away from you. She pounds over the rock. Behind her, you hit, behind you, you hear as rocks start shattering the crystal monuments behind you. Tenebris is gonna go uh, 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 left, left a bit. No, 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 left, infinity. Do I hear Tenebris, or am I just completely out of it? Um, no, you hear. Her. You can see your your partner's on your back. The question is, whether okay. you understand her? Uh, yes. So, as a druid in wild shape, you keep your intelligence and everything like that. It's it's all good. It's, it's not okay. So it's great. You mean as an android that has still a druid? It's, you're still calling her a druid? <laughs> we we don't, also we don't know that Infinity can't see what we're seeing. So yeah. Um, okay. I'll if if I hear Tenebris say left. I will so, veer left. Oh how, many, how many hit points of damage is a whiplash when we hit the wall? <laughs> the panther screeches to the left. You all now overshooting it. You're headed in a zigzag. Now overshooting the other way of uh, the tunnel access. A bit more right. A bit more right. Split the difference. <laughs> oh my god. What are you doing? Infinity? Infinity. I'll split, Go I'll through split the, the difference. tunnel. The tunnel. <laughs> you move. I can't Pick see it. a tunnel, so I'm just gonna keep <laughs> going. You run faster, faster. You're not quite uh, Tenebris and Euro. You see that you're headed not quite in the right direction. That you're sort of moving <coughs> roughly in the right way, but at the moment you're just trying to hold on. You're not trying to steer her, except with your voice. Is there something that we can grab onto? Like, is there a? I was gonna say a mane. Panthers definitely no. don't have manes. I'm I'm grabbing onto Uriel's belt. Oh, stays on this episode it is staying on unless we um, need it <laughs> right uh, but can i grab onto her ears and like joysticks like <laughs> try and try and move her you feel two oh, uh, hands clamp down on your ears and start to pull your head in a certain direction what do you do uh, it's my friend so i'll i'll follow i'll, I'll let myself be turned around like a motorbike <laughs> you run carrying these people 50 feet every six seconds, which is the, the turn. We're not interns at the moment, but that's how far to go. And behind you. you I'd be dashing, so it would be double that. But you're moving half speed because you've got two. Because I'm carrying people. Yes, that's right. Your feet crushing into the rocks beneath you, into the scree of the field. Behind you, you start to feel the heat growing and alone. More and more rocks tumbling from the ceiling. With Uriel guiding you, you manage to reach the portal leading out. You get there. What are you doing now? Infinity doesn't know, so she's just going to keep going until otherwise oh, receives God. instructions. How high is this tunnel? No, it's fine. You're not a giant mechanical fan, we're not going to like bash our heads. To, in, no. Right? Have to go perfectly prone. On I'm a medium, medium-sized, medium beast, so a normal-sized pan. As you duck. You feel your head brushing against the surface of the tunnel, of the ceiling of the tunnel. Bits of dust falling into your hair, little bits of rock pinging off you. And behind you, the sheer bright, blinding light casting black shadows in front of you as you run into the what is now quite a brightly lit cave. 
Wait, and... into the, the place where we're going is brightly lit. Sorry, no, into the, Sorry, into the into, tunnel. Into the, yeah. So, moving at this speed, you manage, after about five or ten minutes, you burst out into the campsites. You see half the tents are gone. You feel the earth slipping, sliding beneath your feet. What? Infinity, as you run, uh, as you have gotten further and further away from this wall, you start to feel the real world bleeding back into your sight. Okay. You can now see what everyone else can see. Okay, great. Um, I'm keeping going until... Just keep going back the way we came. But You've reached the campsite. Yeah. Half the tents are gone. Gone. The floor has fallen away. Yeah, okay. Oh, gone as in the floor's gone. Okay. The earth is slipping, sliding beneath your feet. Oh, oh I'll keep going. Yeah. Also, you, the floor ends. Which, it's not like a slope, it's just a precipitous oh, it drop. It's not it's the floor behind us that's leaving, it's the floor in front of us that's gone. It's just fallen away. The heat, which you've managed to outrun over the last five or ten minutes, starts to rise again. There's a strange, unearthly light being reflected uh, from the crystals in the sides of the tunnel all the way through, shining behind you. Can we see the path where the rockfall was before? You look in that direction. You see a sheer cliff. Just in front of you, you watch as a chunk of granite, the size of a drone car, breaks from the edge of the ravine and tumbles into the darkness. The roar of the tearing of the rocks is deafening. Does the um, uh, ledge that we walked along carry on past the campsite? Like, can we can we kind of keep going in that direction? Uh, no, it's completely. Is there any direction we can? I want to look. For, I would like to look for um, an, an alcove, like structurally sound. You know, like uh, you know, if I might have experience of you know, if an area is geologically unstable, this is what you look for. Make a perception check. Okay. Oh, 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 um, natural 20 for a 22. Yeah! Oh, you need that, 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 you on the side of the ravine over which the rocks are rolling. It's just a little tiny, almost a pathway in the side. Would take a little bit of climbing to get to, but it's there. Okay, um, I am going to um, grab Uriel's shoulder, because um, I don't know if Finity can see or understands English. You don't know, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to point and say, there, and make sure that he's like, following my exact, like, you know. It's like World, World War One tank kind of controls. <laughs> okay. So you are riding a panther onto a tiny tight ledge, that's correct? Yeah. I would like to add, yeah. panther what does have a like climbing that? speed, so panther can climb. So panther is panther. faster than if we all tried to run there. And panther can see what's going on. 
can definitely see. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. nice. So, Infinity, uh, roll me an athletics check. Uh, and I Your use panther the form. panther stats for that, don't I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 14. 14. Well, it's, it's not steep, but it is a bit treacherous. You pad your way over the uh, up this little ridge onto the side of this ravine. Rocks falling around you, past you. You're unstable. As you step, you lose your footing for a moment and your back legs start to scritter and slide against the rock. Roll a dexterity saving throw. Uh, oh uh, God. With the pan- panther again, because it's physical, right? So. I rolled two. <laughs> Plus two is Jesus. four. Your legs, grasping for purchase, hit a chunk of rocks. You put your weight into it and... <laughs> it falls. You, your bottom legs are suddenly floating in the air. You can't feel anything. They're scrabbling at the air. You're holding on. Your claws raking into the rock above you. Uriel and Tenebris, you both need to make a strength saving throw. Athletics. Can I? Can I make it? No. Athletics. Can I check to hold on? Can I have? Can I make my check to be trying to basically, as I feel Infinity go, like, can I be trying to jump off, or is there even room for anything to jump off onto? Yeah, you can. You can absolutely try and jump. Yeah. Got a nat twenty. Okay, and Uriel, are you jumping? Are you holding on? What are you doing? Um, Uriel's definitely going to stay with Infinity. Okay, Uriel, you clenched tight to Infinity ears, Infinity's ears. Infinity, that is really painful, but you've got bigger things to worry about now. It's just grapple <laughs> against the wall. Uh, Tenebris, what did you roll? Ken has been slightly guiltily, I will admit, pondering jumping off the panther for some, <laughs> some time now. Um, and and as, as it feels it, it makes a leap. Uh, and I rolled a two. Tenebris. Pick up to that. This is really bad. Hopes. You leap. Your foot slides. And you fall. You're weightless. Infinity, don't yeah. even think about it. Oh, Jesus. You tumble. Wait. You're real. You're a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, I put in my weight. <laughs> Infinity, you look behind you to see Tenebris fall into the blackness. Um. Oh, oh my God. Um. Um. um what are you doing? I'm. I'm. I'm going to try and get back up onto the top, and then I'm jumping after her. So I want Uriel on the top before I go. Okay. Well, he's not. I'm not. He's not letting go. Oh, he is, this is he's, gonna be he's like a little baby monkey. Interesting. On you. Yeah. Can you get him roll. up? Okay. So roll a strength check to climb up. Okay. With the panther, who is better than infinity, so that's good. Oh, I I rolled a two again. <laughs> that's four again. <laughs> How many twos? I'm not using this row. dice ever again. It scrabble. Again. You scrabble, scrabble, scrabble. They slip. They slide. You're falling into blackness. Uriel, as this happens, you clutching hold of infinity, you see, uh, well actually you hear it first, a rushing, 
hissing sound. Then a wave rolling towards you, a wriggling, writhing wave of limbs and bodies and feelers, and your nostrils are stinging with the scent of animal sweat and terror as this tidal wave of creatures rolls its way along the side of the rock, fleeing from this heat. A huge roiling of the surface is just undulating with these creatures. They're so thick, you could almost reach out and grab them. Tenebris, you, you see the same thing, just with Nam's reach. What are you guys doing? Let's go with Tenebris first. Tenebris, you. You can see just above you the falling figures silhouetted against the light being uh, refracted down the cave. You've heard this strange hissing sound and you looked across and you've seen this sort of writhing, roiling animal kind of carpet carpeting the walls. What are you going to do? Um, scream. Um, and then slightly flavorfully, it's it's kind of the same effect or similar effect to casting infestation um, on myself um, and I'm going to uh, basically I'm going to try and grab but I'm going to try and uh, also use my friends to grab too just with like tiny little little like friction and extra contacts and what are you grabbing onto? Uh, 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 am I close enough to, like, I don't know, a fucking millipede or something? <laughs> okay, so you're just gonna, <laughs> like you're just gonna <laughs> chuck your hand in there. Great, yeah. that's exactly what I wanted to do. It's gonna slow it down, isn't it? Alright. Clickety clackety, mighty voice. <laughs> you reach out your hand, trying with all your might to get as much friction as possible, and your hand closes around the hard carapace, something that you recognize, you feel oh. moving against your hands, these legs frantically going, frantically going, as you grab onto it, you chose the only animal with five strength, you grab it, lean backwards, and it comes straight off the side, and you're tumbling again, falling, oh, okay. Um, do you want us to roll new characters, Ali? Is that what you're after? Because you could have just said... Do you know how expensive new character art is? <laughs> Uriel and Tenebris. Uh, sorry, Uriel and Infinity, what are you doing? Let's um, go Infinity first. Um, is Uriel on my back still, or is he kind of let go as I fall? He's very much clinging on. Cool. If there's anything I feel like I can like sink my claws into and like grab onto the wall or anything, of any form of thing... I will try okay. and do it. This sort of wave of life is streaming past you. You sink your hand in, you're not looking to see what's going on, and you, your paws hit wings. That's not nice Grab wings, hold. is it? And as you pull away, you feel it take and out of the, the writhing mass, you pull a huge mosquito 
vast, streaked with grey, a long proboscis sticking out, and it's frantically flapping its wings and trying to grab on as it's slowly falling with you, but it slowed your descent. Okay. Uriel? Uh, I mean, I'm hanging on to infinity. Looking down, what can I see at this point? Roll a perception check. Uh, oh, this is very good. I'm not a very perceptive boy. Uh, that's a nine. Another nine. You see this wriggling, writhing mess of creatures. Occasionally, the flip, 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 flip of wing beats beneath you. You hear the very distant scream, the reedy scream of Tenebris as she's falling, but you can't see her. Tenebris, you fall, you fall, and then smack. You hit water. You take. Fourteen points of damage. No, too much. Definitely too much. <laughs> <laughs> too, too poor much. broken body. No, I'm not. I'm not dead, but um, I am very unconscious and in the cold water. Oh, cool, cool, and cool. your vision you goes black. Death. Uh, Uriel, Infinity. Mm-hmm. Infinity. What are you going to do? <laughs> I see Tenebris go. I'm leaping. You after don't her. see her go, but you do hear the scream just. Well, presumably you hear it get but, cut short, right? But if I know, yeah. If would I be able to tell that she'd gone unconscious, or do yeah, I just think bash. she's hit the water? Roll a perception check. I mean, how long have we been falling at this point? Twenty-one. Now you roll well, you little shits. You hear the sound of something hitting water. Okay, I'm gonna let go of the mosquito and try and get down quicker. But I want to protect Uriel from the fall. Like, I want to hit the ground. Uh, Okay, how do you want to do that? As you both. Like a cat, land on my feet with him on my back? Oh, I was. Right, I thought it was gonna be more romantic than that. Well, sorry, that's science. I think Uriel thought that it was going to be like the whole like you know encompass me entirely in like a loving embrace, but no, no, no. Like, I'm a cat. Try and do cats do and <laughs> land on awful feet. That does make perfect sense. Yeah. Yes, you twist and wriggle like a cat. Uriel, you're still grasping, and I'm presumably uh, still on top. I don't think he will have like moved around to like the underside. Uh, no, we'll say that she's wriggled her way around to the bottom, and then you hit the water. On, uh, on all fours, though, so that's great. <laughs> Why did I think that was you? Cats hate water. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah. Oh god! <laughs> Infinity, you take seven points of damage. Okay, still a panther. Oh Ariel, wow! Because of Infinity sacrifice, you take. Four points of damage. With that, one sheep's worth of damage. 
don't bring over other streams in the I just say it's a handy reference. <laughs> a sheep is four hit points, everyone. So if you do four hit points of damage, that's one sheep. One sheep new unit. It's the standard unit of measurement of all damage. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you bob up. And you're floating. I'm trying to find him. Roll a perception check. Can I can I get one of those dramatic shots where it's like underwater and there's like a floating body with like before we, uh, you you don't get that you just I and out. I shall before only could. Shall only get what, that. <laughs> before I hear what Infinity's rolled, Tenebris, can you roll me a death saving throw? Twelve. Twelve. Um, I rolled a non-natural twenty. On natural twenty, you're looking around you. You see, floating in the water, just the upper side of Tenebris's back, her arms splayed around her, and the back of her head visible above the waterline. Oh, oh, oh! Straight over, like panther, Uriel. like nudge. <laughs> Uriel, what are you doing? Um, I feel like his first instinct is actually going to be to look around and see what what else is happening. Like, if he sees that Infinity's run over, I think That's the right. first thing would over. be to, to look around. Pump the paddle. <laughs> you look around. You see the water spreading to either side of you. Whatever this water is, whatever this body of water is, it's wide. You see tiny points of phosphorescence flickering in the distance, maybe up the sides of the walls. Your feet brush these thin, slimy tendrils of something, you don't know what. Presumably there's like bodies of these giant insects that are just landing around us all the time? Uh, well, there, some of them kind of flip by above your head, but none of them have just dropped dead from exhaustion right um and you shiver uncontrollably in this icy icy water do you want to do anything uh, else uh i think after after assessing that there's no immediate danger also go over to tenebris okay uh before you roll another death save uh, infinity you can reach uh um tenebris the minute she reaches her she'll drop out of Panther and try and stabilize her. Okay, roll me a medicine check. If you roll a fucking two, I'm gonna... It's a bad location to try and stabilize someone. Okay, uh, 16. 16 will do it. You roll Tenebris onto her front. You check her airwaves. She's breathing. Air waves? Uh, air waves? <laughs> Otherwise known as sound. Or those little chewing gums. Yeah, you How check it feels the to chew oh, five she's gum. got the chewing gum. <laughs> she pops a chewing gum and then... <laughs> you check the vibration of the air. It's the sort of vibrations you would expect from someone who was breathing. Come on, guys. But do you mean air waves? <laughs> like no, her no. air waves? No, if you I meant, meant the vibration. Waves, <laughs> Dr. ABC. If you are ever in a first aid situation at home, folks. Danger, danger response, air waves... A breathing circulation. I did my first day training with scouts recently. And then D. <laughs> and th you no, three. no. 
Especially not in that training. <laughs> Down into a huge tunnel. And the rumbling, crashing noises you've been hearing above. There have been rocks occasionally hitting the water. Slowly disappears. And the roof of a cavern closes over your head. You're safe now. You would see. Although you are swimming. Yeah, I just want to like make sure I'm grabbing onto both of them. And so that we're all like connected. And try and find a place we can stop swimming, ideally. You float. Sure. Treading water. Unless any of you can't swim. I'm still unconscious. Mm. You're still unconscious, yeah. I'm just You're holding. Being... Uh, and, like... Are you still in panther form? Sorry. No. no. I had to come out. drop out in order to cast a spell. Well, I'm not a spell. <laughs> I, can't I don't think panthers stabilize people. So. Way, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I can't imagine Uriel will ever have learned to swim. Why would you say that? I'm just saying, character-wise, you grew up on. Actually, you don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, don't say. Oh, 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 oh no! But he wouldn't. He wouldn't have learned how to swim. Roll me an athletics check. Or you could roll me a history check for Good job, whether or not you had ever learned how to swim or seen. Or just float. Just a uh, I'll do the athletics check. I want to see if you can. Float. I got a fourteen. The fourteen. You. Your head sometimes dips under the water, but you watch how Infinity is paddling her way to keep herself above the water, and you copy her, and with a lot of effort, you manage to stay afloat. And all three of you oh. drift. Just head up. Just keep swimming. Just just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> what do we do, Uriel? We swim, swim. We just keep swimming! Oh! <laughs> It's very heavy. It's very dense. In, so is infinity. <laughs> okay. You, you can't feel. At no point do you feel any uh, the bottom of the this whatever this is underneath you. You know you're being carried though. You're being carried in what feels like a river. You're, you can feel the current moving, and you see the tiny phosphorescent beads in the distance moving. As though they were the bank. Can we still hear this like rumble of whatever was happening before? You do hear it, but it's slowly receding. Okay. Okay. Small um, I guess we. I would head towards the phosphorescence, sort of the light of any form. Okay. You swim in that direction. You still feel these strange tendrils around your feet, but they're not doing anything. They're kind of like seaweed almost. The water is icy cold. Um, and as you get closer and closer to the wall, you realize you're moving fast. The current here is strong, but as with all big rivers, you almost can't tell when you're in it. As you approach, how far does your dark vision go? Um, mm -hmm. it's quite... 60 feet. Mine is, I would assume, the same. Yeah, 60 feet. In shades of grey up double. to 60 feet. You see emerging out of the darkness a slight 
dent in the wall. Though there was an entry point, like a tunnel going into the wall above the waterline. Sure. Yeah, try and get to it. Ideally put Tenebris up into it, if I can. As you get closer, you feel sand beneath your feet. Oh. You paddling and paddling and paddling. You catch, and you can stand now. Your head above the water. Uriel, what are you doing? Uh, I think exactly as he so frequently does, follow <laughs> what Infinity does. Like, he doesn't want to be in this water. It's the first opportunity he's going to get out. You both dragging Tenebris with you. Carrying nicely Tenebris with you. <laughs> Infinity's carrying her nicely, Uriel. Okay. <laughs> to the side of, of this tunnel. Your feet catching on this sand, and as you get closer and closer to where this tunnel entrance is in the side of uh, this riverside, you start, uh, the beach rises higher and higher until eventually it brings you just out of the water, this silvery sand, and these you see tiny uh, translucent fishes playing around your feet. Now you are essentially out of the water, next to this tunnel entrance. Um, I'll try okay. and lay Tenebris down and make her as comfy as I can. Um, is there anything around that looks like I could start a fire with? Make a perception check. Uh, 14. There's no wood. There's just smooth rock. You reach out to touch the surface, uh, the dry surface of the, of the cave, and it itself is still damp, and it's slick, and a bit slimy. Um, so, no. Okay, I will sit down with my druid calf cantrip with my little lighter thumb, and just hold it as close to her face as I can without burning her to try and give her a little bit of warmth. <laughs> this can't go wrong at all. It's without, just close, not on. Actually, to be fair, she can't catch fire at the moment. What you do notice is a, a pipe. It can only be construed as that. Some sort of pipe that is coming down into the water from the cave. And then that pipe disappears up into the cave. How far laterally have we moved from the exit point from the cavern? Are we talking like kind of 10 meters or a kilometer or? Sorry, from where? So like we fell relatively soon after the exit point from the Mm. cavern. How far have we traveled down the river? You don't know. At this stage, you've been swimming for a while. You're not sure how long. The current has been carrying you fast. You know that you can't hear the sounds of all that chaos, uh, but you don't know how far you've come. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Um, so it's unlikely that this pipe... Uh, can I investigate the pipe, actually? <laughs> what are you looking for? Uh, well, I mean, I want to see what it's made of, how old it is, what its likely purpose could have been. Roll an investigation check. Do I? We did say that stone cunning counts towards metalwork. We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. 
Uh, good, because I rolled yet another two on my first attempt. This stream brought to you by the number two. Also, the number of frames per second we sometimes get. Uh, <laughs> that was a an 11, unfortunately. Uh, right. Um, so just remind me what your stone cunning defeat does. Uh, you have an advantage. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I, I, I mushed two rules together. I thought it was advantage. It's not. It's a plus five uh, to the check. So it would have actually been a seven. So a seven. Oh. This stream actually brought to you by the number seven. That would make sense. <laughs> the blessed number. <laughs> With a seven, you bend down to examine this pipework, and what you can tell, there's dust in your eyes, you are exhausted, you're feeling so much, and it's unpleasant how much you are, the emotion that is coursing through you. You're finding it difficult to focus, but with your experience looking at metalwork, you see this is old metal and janky it's not well made it's like scrap that's been repurposed okay um Uriel I think we should rest Tenebris needs to sleep do you want to do it here or do you want to maybe get out and somewhere we could dry off we should let's have a look at that the cave that's up there, if it's further from the water, it might be a bit, you know, okay. more conducive to rest. Okay, I'll, I'll carry her. Do you mind going first? <laughs> Sorry. I've got to be so careful with this character. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. uh, and then I'll go off and recon what's ahead. Oh no, I'll still follow you. She says, sort of hurriedly picking up to Nebris. Uh, Head lolling around. No, carefully, like a baby. Support the neck. Oh, sorry, Ariel. This is what you wanted. You just needed to have been She's got a new favourite, and that's fine. So you are scouting ahead? What, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm scouting, I'm, I'm adventuring ahead. Seeing what I, I, I will be following, though. I'm not just staying. Yeah, ahead. I'm staying ahead. I mean, like, a few feet ahead. Yeah. yeah. Are you trying to do this stealthily, or are you just having a look? I wasn't originally. <laughs> oh, good. Then fine. Let's push on. Exhausted. Feet slapping against the floor. Flap, flap, flap. Water dripping off your robe. Uh, you make your way down this tunnel. In the darkness, you start to hear noises. If this is more centipede, right? Okay. Oh, we've reached the lava level in Minecraft. <laughs> noise it's not too far away from you i'm gonna now start to do the stealthily advanced thing <laughs> all right roll stealth i will roll stealth too come on you piece of shit dice i'm super stealthy do you want me to you are being very quiet um <laughs> do you want me to roll it with a disadvantage or anything because i'm carrying tenebris dead quiet out uh no, no, no. You, I, I got a 12. I got a 15. Oh, 15. You 
try to muffle your steps. Uriel is slightly less success than uh, Infinity. There's a slight bend in the tunnel in front of you. As you round the bend, you see in front of you a cave open out. And the flickering light of a fire. Something you'd only seen before in the Roach Motel back in Val. This one appears to be blue. There seems to be a gas canister beneath it. And there is no one else. Nothing else that you can see around <laughs> That we can see. That we That's can great. hear, though. Hmm. Uriel, what is it? Well, normally where there's fire, there's people in my experience of one data point. Right. So, I'm confused as to where the people are. And considering what just happened, I don't know if they're going to be friendly. Yes, but we should get Snebris next to the fire. It might warm her up. Let, oh God. let me, um, let me just have a look ahead. First, stay back here, and I'll go and see if there's anybody okay, around. Okay, be careful. I'll try. Falls over. <laughs> oh no! <gasps> Drops to Nebris. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't. Another death saving throw. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and stick my head in to the the cavern and sort of see. Oh. You stick your head inside. You hear right next to the side of your head. You turn to look. In front of you, two bulbous eyes on the side of a thin, protruding head. A large mouth gapes. It opens and closes at you. You see the soft blue scales mixed with some kind of skin running over the whole of this face. It leans into you and it moves its head to one side and pushes its eye right up to your face. You see. It's a chicken. Well, you don't see, you feel. Stage. The sharp point of something just under your chin. Hello. Um, how are you? And then, on the other side of you, you hear... Ali, you're doing that thing where all my social anxieties are put into one D&D session. <laughs> this is a specific anxiety. I was going to say, this is a very specific one. I'm sorry, know. but a, a fear of mer people is completely normal. Mer people? Oh! But also, like, uh, being unable to communicate <laughs> and have somebody be very close. 
Oh, God. It's like my early relationships. Um, <laughs> right. Um, uh, I'm going to, like... Sorry, Uriel is going to kind of, like, raise his hands and be like, um, not, not here for any trouble. Just, um, we saw you out of fuck. Can you understand me? The creature moves its head to the other side, looks at you with the other eye, and then... And from two tunnels on the other side of the cave come two more of these creatures, one of whom has got a slight rose colour to its skin scales, the other two, the other one of whom is also a kind of shining, glittery blue. When I hear Uriel say, we don't want any trouble, I want to put Tenebris down and try and, like, stand in front of her and almost hide her. Uh, okay. Yeah, That's all do I'm that. Okay. Um, you have not... So you can actually see, when you when that happens, you see these two other entities come into the room in front of you. Okay. You can see that through the, through the tunnel. I'll move up closer. You also see on top of what Uriel sees, that they both are also carrying uh, long shafts of metal, like metal rods, big ones, that look a bit like spears with sharpened ends. So you're entering the, the room as well? Uh, no, I'm going to sort of split the distance between uh, Uriel and Tenebris so that I'm kind of still keeping a guard on her, but I'm watching what's happening with Uriel. Uriel, as this is happening, these two other creatures come closer. And you see that they, they're they moving in a funny sort of waddling fashion. And you look down to see that where normally you would expect legs, you see these sort of lumpy protuberances as though they were kind of proto legs. And they have two on the bottom and then uh, near the top they have arms, as you would imagine humans to have. As I would imagine humans to have. <laughs> if they also had fish faces. Uh, These creatures come closer. You feel on the top of your bald head a clammy hand webbing run across the top of your skull and you hear behind you can anybody here understand would you call it english in the far future common 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 well, I mean, it oh, is it common. would be English. Yeah, I guess what you mean. Yeah, but what would you refer to? Would it be? No, it would be a... Let's call it common. Let's just call it common. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> language. Yeah. I'm not ready to, like, canonically establish that the whole practice speaks French. I'm the Alliance is, in fact, just the British Empire, Mark II. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> language has evolved, and it's evolved to be a language called common. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It would explain the very powerful Navy. Um, just saying. Uh, <laughs> Uh, does anybody here speak common? Common! Uh, 
and then uh, you feel the hand run all the way down oh. your back oh. and then hit your belt and go <laughs> not not the belt leave the belt alone please and these two figures come towards you uh, and they start pawing at the, your belt trying to untie it Ali look at what you're doing away. look at what you're doing and see and know that I don't want it to happen <laughs> they pull at it a bit <laughs> whoa, 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 uh. They see the, the knot, they poke it, and then they leave it alone. <laughs> Step back. Right, then one of them cranes its head past you, looks into the darkness, and Infinity, you see this bulbous, glistening eye look at you. Hello. Yes. Uh, hello, I'm Infinite Sky 6000. Don't think they're going to need the serial number. Serial number. <laughs> she says opening up the document that has the serial number on it. How is this not the first thing you get ready for every session? I keep forgetting to open it. Serial number 8691972PMGB1530ML. Um, it's lovely to meet you. Infinity, do you, do you speak? He's definitely not going to know what a fish is. <laughs> this is there are very few cultural landmarks for Uriel in this exchange. Do you speak scale person language? Because I don't think they speak common. Um, we haven't really discussed languages, Ali. Can we? Because I speak technically on my character sheet, common druidic and elvish. Right. We have. Yeah, because well, I speak. Okay. Well, we, I speak dwarfish, which, which is was like it's like just code scrap, yeah. pseudo code kind of language. Uh, well, I, I can tell you that these creatures are not speaking Druidic or Great. Elfish. Perfect. That's all I need to know. Um, no, I, I can't. I can't communicate with them. Um, they seem friendly. Uh, and I'm gonna look down at like the blade that's at my. <laughs> oh. Right. Is there a blade at his throat? Still. Uh, yes. When you look down, the fish, uh, the 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 entity, the this. This sort of huge fish head. You have seen fish before, Uriel. You you walked through a, a river where there were fish. There were oh, yeah, fish but like, around you. He, he, but I mean, let's not even get into the technicalities. But like, it seemed like small silvery things in water, but they looked totally different to this. True. But that probably was the first time that Uriel saw aquatic life. The eye that's looking at you. When you look down at the spear, it also. And it removes it suddenly the, the spear disappears. Fish Aww. are friends. <laughs> um fa thank you. Um Bop Bok. The rose colored The rose colored scaled one turns to you what well, looking at, at all at all of you goes and then starts to waddle its way into one of the tunnels. Uriel, I think I do speak a little bit of it because I just understood. I think they said, come in. Well, um, I don't think we've got very much choice about whether we accept the hospitality or not. Well, they, they've got fire and they seem, um, I'm going to go back and pick up the Nebris. They've also got speed uh... to infinity. <laughs> 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 just there holding the, the yes. body. 
Well, they've also got spears, but, well, uh, I think they know that we've got... They, we've got Tenebris now. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, he's I would like to take her to the fire now. You lift up Tenebris and take her over to this blue flame. It's warmer over here, even though the rock is still hard. I'll, I'll set her down by the fire and just sit with her. Okay. You sit down, you look around you. The three blue-scaled creatures are hud uh, huddled all still around Uriel, looking at the belt sometimes, poking it sometimes. One of them, the one which stroked Uriel's head, goes... And the other one, one of the other ones, reaches up and strokes Uriel's head as well. Um, the pink-scaled one is waddling off into one of the tunnels. It turns to look at you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow. Uriel, you walk past Tenebris and Infinity lying on the rocks next to this flame. Be careful. Mm-hmm. And you follow down this tunnel here. The dripping of water from the ceiling. You see just in front of you that what you don't know is a fin, but it's essentially a long, thin piece of what looks like skin which sort of waves just behind this creature as it waddles its way down the, this curving uh, tunnel. It's curving and it's moving ever so slightly downwards in a smooth, gentle uh, line. Eventually, you see light being shone on the walls of the tunnel. And you come out into a large cave. You see a few things. First, what you see is that the cave is lit by another fire, but this one is made up of something a bit more sophisticated. It's actually a heater, you know, one of those um, fire heaters that you would get to heat the air around you, and the air here is a lot warmer. You also see that the light isn't coming solely from there, but also from some very old and decrepit looking blinking uh, glow globes that are hung from the ceilings, casting a kind of green light over everything. Then what you see in the center, next to this heater, you see another one of these creatures. It's slightly larger and it's skin scales are an iridescent gold. Its, f its fingers and hands are larger and the fingers are longer, more spidery but more elegant. It's playing with something, something on its lap and it's sat on the floor. Dotted around the room are other blue scaled creatures. As you enter you hear And you hear your rose-scaled companion go, Carmen, Carmen, and start to walk towards this gold creature in the center. Uh, sort of look around and be like, okay, then walk over to the one in the in the center. 
as you approach, you hear the sounds start to increase in volume. And the creatures start to stand up around the room. You see some reach for objects on the ground as you get closer. Uh, I don't mean any, uh, any trouble. I'm just trying to find someone to talk to. Does anybody here speak common? This huge golden head cocks its way towards you. You see long feelers just hanging out over this huge, oh my God, he's a catfish. broad mouth. You, on the end of some of those feelers, you see glowing bulbs just waggling around the fire. It shifts itself, and around, along its head, you see twin grey stripes just moving all the way down its back. It turns to you. In its hands, you see a grey metallic object that it's rolling between its hands. It looks at you and goes, Surface? Surface? Yes, we're here from the surface. Um, didn't mean to be here. Sorry. Um, something happened. Actually fell a really long way. I'm quite hurts, actually. Are you from here? Are you from the surface? The creature stands up. And as it rises slowly, you see it's big. Maybe seven, oh. eight feet tall. And as the light shines on the whole length of its body, you can see that it's covered in hanging objects strung around it with pieces of string, with old bits of cloth. The objects are all grey, all metallic, strange different shapes and sizes. You recognise the undulating colours beneath the surface of these. You can't count them. They're all shapes and sizes hanging off this creature. It moves towards you. Oh, um... I, can you... Uh, get, get surface? Do you, do you know any more, any more common? Common? Surface? Why here? Uh, right. Bit of a long story. Sorry. I'll try and keep it simple. Um, we came here to dig. And we fell in the water. Because there was some kind of, like, trans-dimensional <laughs> kind of, like, rift that opened up. I don't really know what happened. I can't put it into simple words. But basically, dig, fell, water, here. Dig, fell, water, here. 
Do you live here? We live here. No. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh, how? If I wanted to go to surface, how would I do that? I don't want to be, you know, rude or anything. Uh, you know, you're being very nice and let me be here and all, all and see your friends. Uh, but um, don't want to impose. As you're saying this, the creature shuffles towards you. The light from the globes twinkles off its skin scales. It reaches out long webbed fingers and runs them across a gash in your face where you were hit on your way down. Hurt? Hurt? Uh, yes, Still. hurt. Still. And you feel around you a sudden tension in the air all of the creatures go suddenly still and their eyes go and they're all looking at you and looking at this golden entity it looks down at its body and starts to shuffle through the hanging objects off it it holds one up. Chosen. Hard. Still. Holds it out towards your face and places it on your skin. You feel a sensation that you cannot place. You feel as though you were a seed growing out of the ground that speed of growth putting out your first leaf your skin you feel it growing back over the wound like ice over the surface of a pond the creature takes away the item this grey metallic object and you feel that your wounds have been healed I'm so glad you're healed <laughs> Just as well, I'm the only one who needs. <laughs> hang, hang on a sec, let me just roll for something. There, yeah, okay. Five points of health back. Hey, we're back, baby! Nice, nice, nice. Um, when that happens, you hear a communal. From the creatures in the room. Th thank you. That um, I feel that, that really hurt when I, I bumped the old noggin earlier. Um, anyway, um, there's actually um. As, as two more uh, people from the surface, uh, I think they'd like to meet you, you two. Uh, if, if you, if I, I could get them, or we could, 
Would it be alright if I got two of my, my well, one friend and another person down here? You're so mean. <laughs> I love it. Friend. Friend. Alright, I'll just bring the friend. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be try. back. <laughs> right, right, thank you. I will be back. Uh, one, just, just, just a second. And As you like, go, all the creatures around you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> First contact. Like, go. I'm just gonna be like, wait, wait, and then back up. Be like, uh, Infinity. We, we I found one that, that could talk. Um. And I'm going to look at the other ones in this room and be like... Oh, do you speak their language now? I've got the basics down, I think. Mm -hmm. um, just breathe out, and that's like a thank you kind of thing. I don't know if I breathe. Well, just exhale air. Like, take air in and, and just... Yeah, you, you're nailing it. Um, come with me. I want you to, to meet this oh, person. Um, I'll bring Tenebris. He actually said, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll pick up Tenebris and... Uh... <laughs> You're knocking her head on the No, head. not knocking her head. Being very careful not to. <laughs> very protective. Um, and yeah, lead her. Lead, lead them down. You three walk down these tunnels, this softly looping tunnel. Uh, Infinity, for the first time, you see this firelight lighting on the, the walls, glinting off them. You reach this massive open cave, this large, golden, fish-like creature around it. Many, many others looking in. And... Yeah, this was the... We all came from, from the surface. Um, we all fell into the water, and um, we, all, we all hurt, actually. Um, that thing again. Um, from all around you, as oh, you're speaking, Uriel, this golden creature starts to just gently push past you. Its eyes turning, cock one way, cock the other, looking at the body of Tenebris. I sort of protectively cover her a little when they start looking. Friend. Friend. Friends. The long arms reach out. One hand starts brushing over Tenebris's body. The other reaching around its body, touching the hanging artifacts till it finds one long crystalline. Holds it up. And you see that it cocks its face one way, looks intently, head the other way, looks intently, and then presses it down on your stomach, Tenebris. And with a sharp intake of breath, you're awake. Oh, Tenebris, Tenebris, are you okay? Um, oh God. Uh, I don't know. Maybe dead. No, no, you're not dead. You're falling. fine. You're alive. You're falling. You're so alive. It's fine. You're here. 
Okay. You well, will feel. Yes, they're giant fish people. I um. You all feel a warmth emanating from this grey uh, object. You all take uh, twenty. Uh, sorry, take you all take back 20 points of you oh thank god right like, 20 points that's my maximum <laughs> you he brings you back to life points. and you're back down again consider yourself healed <laughs> thank you Ali <laughs> thank you fish people oh you can, can you try and maybe put me down now oh yes sorry sorry I don't know okay I think my legs work ah uh, this, this, this. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm isn't sorry, it? I, I don't know your name. Name? I Infinity. Uriel. Qua. 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 I'm going Q U A Q Q U A. Is this going to be a new chung chung? Qua qua. Chum chum. Around chung. the cave, you hear. I'm going to whisper to infinity. Did these people change their genes to add fish? Would I know if I knew of these creatures? You should know check. all the creatures that. A sensible creatures for a terrifying uh, sorry, thing to uh, know. What check? A history check. What kind of uh, sane, what? terraforming creature would create these things? Fifteen. There's nothing in your data banks yeah. that resembles this. Um, they're not from where I was, well, created, so they didn't have knowledge of these creatures. Fish? You do look like fish that I have in my data banks. Fish. 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 Fish don't normally have um the, the legs and the arms. Maybe they, they mix the genes to be better for for swimming for a uh, water planet. Why would why would they do that? For water planet so that you can swim around. This know. isn't a water planet. Plenty of water around this bit of the planet. Oh yes, I suppose. And they are out of water now. Um what do you mean, splicing the genes together? And, you know, like changing and mixing and matching whatever you like. Oh. If you want, yes. you know, your babies to be really good at swimming. Give them fins. <laughs> uh, DM, do I know about that? About uh, the genetic, genetic changes of humankind. Absolutely. I do, okay. Oh, Absolutely. I wasn't sure how recent it was and where it like in the timeline. But um oh I see. I see. yes. Um what the fuck do you ask somebody like this? <laughs> I'm trying to put myself in the situation in real shoes. We should what was that? Um did you see the light? Um I'll try it. I'll druid craft just like a little like picture of like light on my hand and just be like, 
on my screen on my hand and just sort of just the same color as the wall. And she's like, did you see this? Uh, see? The creature holds out its hand and the same light shines from its palm. Oh. Oh, the light. Then the lights from its feelers start to shine. Light. Then it reaches out towards you, Tenebris. I've just woken up. I don't like this. Yeah, I don't like that. What do you What do you do? I'm 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 sort of sort of like shrinking back a bit, maybe like behind infinity. I'll stand very much in front of her. And around the ring, you hear the golden creature comes towards you, reaches out its hand past your body to the artifact attached to you. Oh. oh, we picked up the artifact, didn't we? Mm-hmm. It's an it. God. It puts its hand on it, looks at it with both eyes, then looks up to you. Kishma. Want you want weird thing? Shall I give shall I give them the weird thing we found? I don't think we have much choice. He also did yes. kind of bring you back to life. They've so... been very nice. Okay. Hi. Would you like this nice grey thing as a thank you present? And I'd hold it out in my hand. And this huge golden thin golden uh, scaled face the mouth elongates wide and you see just the inside of the gullet a soft purple it pulls the mouth very wide in a sort of smile the hands reach out they take the artifact and you hear around the room They like it. They like the Kishma. Kishma. Then the golden entity looks very closely at the artifact. Then and a smaller one of these creatures comes scuttling out um, from the crowd, takes the artifact takes it over to the side of the room and you start to hear sounds of chiseling hammering is that what you do here do you collect these um kishmas kishma Kish- 
a gift. Yeah, that, that's our gift to you. Uh, thank you for the for making us feel better and being um, not eating us. Very, very nice of you. Mm. Is that an option? No, I don't think so. I think Uriel's just being facetious. I don't know. No. Oh. Gift. Gift. God. 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 Gift. Gift. God. Oh, do you. You give it to your God? Or maybe it is gift from God or to God. Maybe their God makes the little metal thingies. And that's why they have to collect them. Maybe. You have a lot. It's very pretty. Nice. Have you got a um, a, a temple or an altar that we could um, see? You see the shape of this huge golden face change as though the mouth droops slightly, the feelers hang down a little, and the light glowing from the ends of the feelers glows a little dimmer. The eyes glaze a little. Damn. Oh. No. You're, did you? Okay, I'm going to make a little bit of a jump. Uh, did you used to have a temple that was maybe like a big, glowy sort of wall? Do you know that? Big okay. wall. Temple. Temple. And the creature again starts to shuffle in the hanging items around it and brings out one with a smoothly polished surface. It seems metallic, but it's giving off the same light that you saw coming from the wall. That was your temple? Temple. There, there was, there was mean person, uh, Raunak. We chat, we chat. Man, that man, and he, he, uh, he was there. Um, I think he maybe blew up your temple. If that's your temple, mm. why are you down here? Mm. So far from temple. Raunak chased them off. Water. They needed the water. Everybody make a perception check. Perception. Ooh, Ooh 22. Oh, How did I cock a d20? Uh, nine. Turn it over. Oh, you're muted. Uh, We've lost you. Hello? Hello? Oh, you're back. Oh. Tenebris and Infinity As you've been having this conversation You notice That 
each of these creatures, trailing behind them, is a small hose. And that hose seems to run, in all cases, to the very side of the cave. And at the side of the cave, you can see there's actually a trough with liquid in it. Oh, oh my god, they're, they're reverse scuba divers. <laughs> so That's cool. amazing. You see with your knowledge of creatures that actually behind these large fins which they have at the sides of their heads, you see a bag. You can only just make it out that's... And it's filled with water. And the hose is leading directly into the bag. Amazing. They don't belong here, do they? I don't think this is where this group originally came from. This isn't where they should be. It's not right. Is this your um, is this your home, or are you here on um? Business or pleasure? Are you on holiday? <laughs> home. Home now. Where w- was home somewhere else before? Different home? Home then. Home. Then, not, not, he, home, big, how did you, um, when did you come here? Long time, long time. What happened to your home? Home, gone. Water planet and it got up. You gift, we you gift we you find home ah 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 bole abole abole Makes the like, no. How interesting. And you word. hear around you. Never heard of that word before. In Can we? Do you need help? Like, do you need help getting your. Well, the wall is gone and your home is gone, but. We, we help 
you you help us uh, go out home in the surface? You know Abole. We don't um, know does what that is. Infinity know what that means? Mm, roll a nature or a history. Uh, that is a 19 on nature. You do not. Emily knows a word it sounds like and is terrifying. Thematically <laughs> 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 relevant one. Is that where you want to go? And you Abba see Abba? it. You see it shiver in front of you. No. No, okay. No, okay. You're okay. scared of Abole. Around you, you hear Abole. Okay, no, it's fine. So what, what would you, you like us to help? We very nice, nice, lovely people, safe people. We help friends. Friends. Friends, we'll, we'll help you, and then you help us surface. Surface? Or just the second part, if you're fine here, you know? I don't think they are. How do how you the, find? How the hell did you end up? They must be from, like, a, a big lot of water, right? Like, a sea or something. How did they end up in the mountains? Well... Maybe, this planet maybe, does have water. Maybe there was um, an excessive pollution or the mining, a mining explosion, maybe, and then the sea all got drained away, and then they had to like swim away from the place they were, you know, modified to live, and then they had to live here instead. I've never heard of people like this. Neither have I. Definitely not. I guess they must have come here with everyone else. Is this your, um... Is this planet your home? Have you always been on this planet? Um... Um... We give... You surface. Oh yes, that would be great. Thank you. We like surface. Surface is warm, but there is a lot of weather. Here is nice, but it is cold. You need to find vents. You know, warm water vent you find. Light. You can you farm. You give we no abole. Oh, Abole. Does anyone know what an Abole is? We cannot give you none of something. Would you like us to find it? Abole, no. I, I think the deal is we don't give you Abole and you <coughs> take us to the surface. Ural, I think Abole is a thing and I think they want us to get rid of it. Oh. We give you service. Yes. You. We. 
we made uh, we what is maybe we I don't know do we made oh we will remember you yes at this point you hear the stop and the smaller creature again this one has dusky rose skin scales waddles up to this big wooden yeah catfish looking creature and holds up what you recognize as the artifact but you can see that the lumpy rock crystal was the entire thing has been chipped off one end of it and where there was stone you now see smooth matte metal with some sort of writing on it Ooh. Please, please be careful uh, it is very uh Ooh, oh. The creature holds it up careful. to you, uh, Tenebris. What did you do? Can I, like, look at the shapes on it? On the... Yeah, yeah. Um, run an investigation check and tell me what languages you speak. I speak Elvish, deep speech, under common, common. Right. You... Fifteen. You examine the surface of this metal and you can see that there are markings scored into it. It looks like a language, but you can't read it. What do you, um, what do you call this, 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 this stuff? You know, like pointing to this and pointing at the stuff that's around, Kishma. around him. Kisma. Right, Kish okay. Kisma. I thought that give you surface and you see around you the figures start to rise you hear the wet slapping of scales on rock as these figures start to rock their way towards you the dripping of the water on your skin and in front of you this large gold entity shivers and feel these droplets of water shower your faces this golden creature starts to move past you towards the entrance that you came through surface surface thank you yes please I yeah I would like to go to the surface yes you follow this creature past the tiny campfire that you came originally past, down the tunnel you came through to the beach. And when you reach the beach, this golden creature slides into the water. And suddenly all of the clumsiness when it was on land drops away. It flicks its tail and disappears into the blackness. 
you feel behind you the nudging of the heads of these creatures gently in your back. What are what are called? Uh, yeah, I prefer. I like being on the land. Uh, actually, cold water will kill you. Kill us. Very cold. What do you do? Uh, what does the golden person do? You see, just just underneath the river surface, it's circling, circling. Yes, that doesn't look like there are many other ways that one could get to surface. I think Infinity will start walking towards it and just sort of entranced by this creature in like such a natural habitat for it. Is there another dry way to get to the surface? On a boat? Who are you directing that to? The, the, the like ones behind us, kind of pushing us, right? Oh, yeah, no common. Um, Maybe if we just swim really, really hard, then we'll feel warm. I don't think we have much of a choice. Right. Uh, take Hold on to me, and then hopefully we don't get separated. We can all really stick together. Infinity is already, like, partly in the water. Infinity, you feel the ice-cold water lapping around your legs up to your waist. The soft sand, your feet sinking into it under your robotic weight, your metal. And then, behind you, you feel the sliding, almost roughness, slightly coarse feel of scales sliding between your legs. These fins wrap around your legs and you're f- taken forward out into the river. Um, the golden one. Yeah, I looked at, is it the golden? Is no, it's, it's one of these iridescent blue ones. Oh, um, hello. Right, come on. I think we're riding them. Right, after, okay, let's go. Clinging on, I am clinging up to you. Infinity, you are taken out into the tide. You see beneath the water uh, the golden scales of this huge catfish and just breaking the top of the water, one or two, one of these lights, these lights in the end of the feelers, and it disappears down the cave. You're taken with it to Nebris and Uriel. You slightly less gracefully feel yourself <laughs> being... Maneuvered onto the back of these creatures and suddenly you're away. The water rushing past you makes you feel like at any moment you could be torn away. It's moving so quickly. But the hands of these creatures wrap around your legs and keep you tight. Your head just poking above the water, spray hitting your face. The ice cold of it hitting the back of your nose. You're almost numb. And you all ride ride until you start to see the bright white of moonlight. (gasps) 
this huge, well, no, this broad river tumbles out of a hole in the mountainside and over the edge of this waterfall you fall. Um, what? <laughs> Without a moment to do anything about it, you see for a second a tree line. Huge conifers and pines rising up. The moon shining down. And actually, there's two moons, aren't there? We established that. Mm-hmm. Well, you only Yellowy. see one at the moment. Just seeing one at the moment. <laughs> you see the shadows of the trees falling. And as you fall past the tree line, you smell the scent of pines. You smell the scent of earth. Earth you haven't smelt since you were underground. And you hit water. A plunge pool. A pool in the forest, surrounded by these trees, lit by this shining white moonlight. And all around you, the dark shadows of the forest. The fish people take you to the beach that rises up. Well, it's actually, it's not a beach, sorry. I recant. They take you to the edge of this pool where it's moss, just thick moss lining these rocks and rising up to the point where the tree line starts. I'm gonna like splutter and like scrabble off the fish yeah. and onto the yeah. rocks as fast as possible out of the water. Like a cat. In infinity, <laughs> infinity will like look down and be like, thank you so much. And then sort of carefully make her way uh, off. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, oh boy, that was, is anybody else freezing or is it just me? That was amazing. Okay, just me, cool. Um, infinity will just be staring at the waterfall and like all the trees around it. Oh God, forest. As, as you stare, the golden shape slowly rises up from beneath the water and the mouth of this golden skin scale, strange creature, calls out to you over the crushing of the waterfall. You, we, We'll remember you. If we come across an abelet, I'll punch him in the dick. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. He's very good at that. You see the mouth slide wide for a second and then it disappears down into the water. The other shapes disappear and suddenly oh. they're gone. And you're all left alone. What the, the fuck school. was that? We have a lot to talk about. It's cold. <sighs> this water here, the caves here, the water here are very cold. And now we are up again where there is cold and weather. Here, here. It's okay. And if we're in a forest, I'm assuming there's like branches and things around that I can finally druidcraft a real fire with. Now I have seen one. 
Uh, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Well, you got your wish of finally going to the forest. It's beautiful. Didn't they, um, specifically tell us to not go into the forest? Infinity's just looking at all the trees and just sort of, like, touching the trees and... Just remembering they said something about it being dangerous. Doesn't seem so bad. I prefer it to being under the, more in that cave. <coughs> can we... Can we stay here? Can we rest or sleep or...? You should definitely rest. Okay, what will you do? I'll watch. I will rest at some point as well. I should probably recharge, but I can wait while you sleep. Okay, I'm just going to be here next to fire, next to lovely heat. Uriel is very much out of his element. I think he's going to nervously look around. So he's, this is a new environment that's unlike kind of anything he's seen before. And he's going to want to have a look around. <laughs> like seeing tiny centipedes, like, ah! <laughs> 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 uh, I got a 12. These things rise like massive pillars out of the ground. They strike you as almost the same as the structural pillars that hold your home together. They're that width and they seem that strong and they rise that tall into the sky. All around the base of them you see what you now know to be plants. Little green straggly things, some with large broad leaves. And then as you listen you hear the some creature in the trees. Oh no! Really <laughs> Ellie, um, does pen. Infinity see any particular creatures in the distance? Uh, make a perception check. I'm on. <laughs> She's like, I'll be having that. <laughs> Got an eleven. You scan and scan. <laughs> the wind rustles the branches. You feel it on your cheeks, and you hear. <laughs> you can't make out where it's from. It's going to be an owl. Um, okay. Um, Infinity is, I think she's very distracted by all the plants and the trees and the waterfall and just the whole area. And yeah. Right. Well, if that's that, anybody want to do anything else? I have a lot of big conversations I want to have with people, but um, probably not. For this episode. Yeah, probably not for this session. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. With that, as the moon rises high over your heads and the silver glint of the moonlight mixes with the reddish glow of your druid crafted fire on the surface of the pool that you sit by. We'll end it there. Mm. Ah! I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do a very quick roundup. Uh, uh, do we have? Do we have any default 
out of game music, are they? You know, like yeah, a... yeah. <laughs> let's oh, let's leave this. Yeah, it's with that place. Monty Python intermission yeah. music. Otherwise, I will need the loo if that water noise keeps <laughs> going. Yeah, put that at the end of the session when we haven't yeah. been able to leave for a couple yeah. of hours. Oh, no, I'm 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 not going to do a roundup. I I got confused. Um, it is merely that we are going to, for those of you watching, we are going to take a small break. Um, and then come back with some exciting science. Woohoo! That's Woo what the owl sounded like. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to go for like five minutes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. kind of reset. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, then we're going to have a chat for probably like half an hour, I think we said. Like, yeah. Kind of that, yeah, about, we'll roughly, yeah. Uh, about some of the science that we've run into. And oh boy, we've got a lot to talk about. So mm, if you're watching live, we'll be back in five God. minutes. And uh, if you're watching uh, or listening after Aye. the fact, then enjoy this very brief cut coming up now. We, we are back for uh, our favorite part of the show. It is the D&D &D brief, mainly because it's a great name. Um, the thing that we are debriefing is the science that has come up. Uh, this episode, last episode, the world itself. Mm. Um, as Simon mentioned, there is so much stuff that came up this episode. We went we full Gandalf about. at the oh start of the gosh. Two Towers. Oh my god. What I... did Gandalf do at the start of the Two Towers? Yes. Like falls between, like down a rock face oh, for like 10 minutes. Falls into darkness. Yeah, yeah. They worked out, but like That's considering how long he falls darkness. and assuming he reaches terminal velocity, he falls something like four miles or something crazy. <laughs> Wait, is this with the barrel? Yeah, yeah, when he falls with, with the, the barrel. Is that in Two Towers? I thought that was in Fellowship. No, it's the start of the Two Towers. It's the flashback oh. to the events of the Bridge of Khazad Doom. I have not watched Lord of the Rings for like way too long i need to get the on point is no 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 look right okay We're getting so topic. those who who've been listening for a while may know that sometimes we devolve into film recommendations but this is not one of those times because we are laser focused everyone should have watched mission. lord of the rings by now okay yeah our mission of chatting about exciting science um now we didn't um yeah we we, we uh said that ali was gonna have some interesting thoughts as the, the world builder and gamesmith. Mm. Um, is there a particular topic that you would like to be talking about? Yeah, yeah well, I sort of, I had a th think about some stuff which is completely irrelevant to what just happened. So <laughs> I, I'll just, I'll just offer it up as like a kind of, you know, but we could definitely talk about the fish people, fish right? People. That's a thing that we could talk yeah. about. We could also talk about, uh, I don't know if you could talk about the wall, but you maybe we could talk about like the sea of creatures. That might be one. But I oh. think the fish people is probably the most like relevant. See, I when guess. you first said that, I, I assumed that the sea of creatures was the white light and it was just exploding into like a fountain of gore. I didn't realize that it was the creatures in the cave for a time. Oh. Oh. Wait, what, what are you talking about? Bits of creatures. This is the, the Warhammer oh. part of my brain. It was just like a wall of like Gross. foaming flesh and limbs and bones oh, and fireworks. Oh my god. Don't Ugh. use that now, Ali. You cannot use that. <laughs> the, the foaming wall of flesh and limbs. What do you think I am? What situations do you plan to get into? I mean, we've played with you for a while, so. <laughs> you. Yeah, and you're still I'm alive. Fine. You're totally fine. I I've, been, I've okay. been conscious for most of the game as well. It's been great. Yeah, you do Most seem to be taking it pretty heavily. I was a bit worried when you hit that, you hit the water because I was like, I think I've calibrated this just right. There's a lot of sixes coming up. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, um, Tenebris took way more damage than like me and Uriel did. So yeah. I assume you rolled high for her. I and, did roll yeah. high. 
Yeah. Yes, you were lucky to survive that one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, um, yeah. so here's what I'm thinking, right? Um, if we don't want to do fish people, then what I do want to... Okay, what do we could... let's talk fish people at the start, and then at the end, maybe as a little sort of addendum, it would be just nice to build out a little bit of how we got to the world from today, right? So, Ooh, I like so starting that. today, how did we end up in the universe where we where this uh, this is yes. taking place yes like what are the first steps and all yes. all that kind of stuff what are the like, basic mechanics of our of our universe okay. yeah yeah Human-wise. um but anyway if but you know fish let's just people. deal with the fish people first fish people right so i just want to say on fish people that like tenebris is like oh obviously these are future humans who've been genetically modified into fish because that's how our universe works you get take people and you genetically modify yeah. them into fish but shamany is like did they evolve yeah what if it's um this is clearly oh uh, what's it called where you but you independently evolved to the same solution to a problem convergent convergent, convergent evolution yeah well it's clearly really... oh, it's very bad convergent evolution because they just sort of waddle around with their scuba gear i mean like there's, there's yeah, but that's, a... that's the but teleological got... fallacy is to assume that whenever you see something, it's reached its perfect stage of evolution. Everything is constantly evolving. You don't you don't just find things at the, the end yeah. of evolution. But there are a... a lot of similarities. They've got bilateral symmetry. They've got you know two two arms, two bipedal. Yeah. Um, eyes. You know oh, all wait, the sensory organs are roughly. Wait, there. Sorry, you're assuming they could have evolved completely convergently from from non not from fish. Sorry, I was assuming. Humans fish. terraformed this planet, gave it fish, and it's actually been way longer than we thought. And the fit, no, they weren't, gonna... might not be from this planet, they mightn't they? Well, mm. the other thing we're all assuming in what we're saying right now is that you're, you just said gave it fish. What if there were fish already and it was just terraformed for humans? We don't even know if it was terraformed. For all, I don't remember any of it. So it's definitely terraformed. But it's yeah. an interesting question about whether fish would arise because what a fish is essentially is a backbone with a load of stuff on it, right? That's what. That's yes, but if there was know. if there was stuff too, really. on this planet beforehand, then that is canonically alien life, which we as characters in this universe are not aware of. And oh, that that's would be true. A very big that's deal true. if if they were essentially aliens. So yes, but also true. like surely as a character in this universe you'd be aware that like your lived existence is probably quite a narrow vision of what is possible at it this would... level of technology like we're so already probably... at a point sorry go on i was just gonna say you, you you'd come across stuff like this and be like sure like it's like going on the, on the internet finding a website you've never seen before and going this is weird but i guess this makes sense like yeah you know it's i imagine it's that with technology yeah because i mean is it oh who's paradox is it fermi paradox like the, paradox, there should be is, more life. There should there be more life. Well, there should be more life. Um, or oh, but no, that's there should be more life. Well, no, I guess if we're at a point in is... the week and like spread amongst the universe, it's it's almost insane that we haven't encountered alien life. Hmm. As a, well, like, we don't know that we haven't encountered alien life. It's just that it is. But not we're not aware of it, and like we're already at a point like now in our understanding that we're like ninety percent like sure there is probably somewhere intelligent life in the universe but we're just probably never going to see it mm. and therefore in the future you're saying in our in in, our, in the future surely our understanding universe. is either they yeah. can't exist we've found a reason that literally we are just this magical little thing or we've encountered it already and therefore maybe it shouldn't be such a surprise however what we or the so the other thing we don't know about this universe and i can't remember what we've covered so we've covered the fact that humans have spread throughout the universe by going into stasis and traveling long distances. 
-hmm. we haven't covered whether there's decent interplanetary communication let alone intersolar system mm. communication so how organized is this alliance and how would we know if someone somewhere else has met some that is a great moment thank you Sharmini <laughs> for me Segway. to maybe just talk about the concept of the segue as a way of moving between two topics seamlessly He's been taking lessons from me, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I did a great Your one. Your segues are incredible. Um, but anyway, enough about the segue. We've learned enough about that. Um, <laughs> Does everyone feel like they know what a segue is now? Uh, yes, show your hands. Right, so here's what I was thinking. So obviously, what's super interesting about what you're all saying, right, which is essentially there's massive different distances. Um, we, we don't know how long it's taken for everybody to get where they are. We don't know how communication works between all of the different sort of members of the human race scattered around the galaxy as they are but take it back to the very beginning right so there's a whole there's a whole field of science looking for exoplanets which are planets which do not are not part of our solar system and so uh, revolve around another star somewhere right and there's a whole part of that field is about looking for these exoplanets and looking for ones which are roughly similar to earth there's actually an esi an earth similarity index where they basically measure oh anything they can measure and be like well how close to earth is that uh, and within a 50 light year sort of distance from earth there are a number of planets which come up as similar enough to maybe possibly one day think about, you know, we could maybe live there, right? Like it wouldn't take if we terraform. Drastic. I was going to say, is that without terraforming or just like they're in a habitable zone, they have water, they have oxygen, or is this like, you know, we could live on Mars if we did a hell of a lot of work on it? Well, this is kind of the thing, right? Like, so I've just I'll just go through my I'll just go through my thought process here, right? So you've mentioned the habitable zone. Mm -hmm. What that is, is basically the the sort of band around whatever star you are, where you can have liquid water on your surface. That's that's the definition that I found. Yeah, that's right. Right? Which is pretty, you know, like that doesn't necessarily just make you habitable just because you've got liquid water on the surface, but... I like that we're all it, planets it, in this scenario. I have liquid water. No, I have surface. liquid water on my surface. Orbits, you can orbits, live on me. <laughs> Are we, are we proposing like Tinder for planets? <laughs> yes, Tinder for planets. You set the radius that you're looking for, Ooh, yes. and then like the characteristics. I'm That's so wet a good... as a planet because be a I great have sketch water. Video. You should do that on your channel. But That's like, what we'll do. We'll all play different planets. The number of moons is like the number of kids that they have. Yeah. Like, Dependence. Ooh. Can I be Pluto, who's like been told that they're not good enough anymore, and they're not even allowed oh. on the app? And it's yeah, just yeah. Like, you were so banned dark. for a reason, Pluto. <laughs> it's like, please, let me back. You know what you did. <laughs> Pluto didn't uh, do anything. Leave Pluto alone. I fucking love Pluto. Poor Pluto. It's so, so interesting. Here's, here's the thing, right? So the habitable zone is where you can have liquid water on your surface. So your temperature is between zero and 100 degrees Celsius. Um, Assuming well, atmospheric pressure. Thank you very important right assuming that you've got an atmosphere if you don't have an atmosphere then things don't work like that you your liquid just dissolve, uh, evaporates I, right? I can professionally say you'll have a pretty bad time 
if you if you try and live on a planet with no atmosphere. Wow, that PhD really really came in useful. <laughs> yep. Dr. Simon Clark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Years of academy training <laughs> wasted. <laughs> and we're back to first light, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so if you're trying to see planets, right, this is where it starts to get a bit strange. Um, so you're trying to find a planet that is at the right temperature. So it can't be too close to the star, in which case it'll be completely irradiated and too hot. And it can't be too far away, in which case it'll just be an ice planet. Or or it won't even have formed into a rocky terrestrial planet. It'll be a big old gas giant or something, which we don't want. So... Oh. <laughs> oh. We could live, of course, on the moons of a larger body. But then that has, like, its own kind of Enceladus. Did not think about the moons. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're being very planetist in... Oh, it's terrestrial centric yeah <laughs> well i think i'm gonna offer this up and i want some feedback on this because i was looking at the way that they find these planets right and there's a couple of sort of cleverer ways but the main way seems to be basically if you watch a star and then you just wait for a small shadow to pass across it mm -hmm. and then you're like boom yeah there's, planet. there's that and then there's the doppler shift that you watch out for when the planets causes the star to wobble relative to us yeah yeah and now what i was thinking so for both of those i think there's an inherent bias there right which basically says that whatever planet has to be bloody close to the star because otherwise it won't cast a shadow it won't be able to block out enough of the sun if you see the shadow mm -hmm. and also the star has to be not so bright that it completely obliterates the shadow and also the uh so it has to be close enough and the planet has to be large enough I think that's the main thing, is there's a bias towards yeah, Jupiter size. or Super Jupiter scale planets. Sizest. So it's it's quite difficult to see it's very difficult it's very difficult to see smaller planets, which we might be able to inhabit. But also I was thinking that it's very difficult to see planets that or that orbit quite far away. So actually if you look at the planets that have been found that sit in the habitable zone on stars that are close to us, they all have incredibly short years because they go they're really close to their their stars and they go around them really, really quickly. I think, I think the Doppler shift method may actually have a bias towards ones that are further away though, because it's what, what ultimately yeah. matters is the center of mass of the system, the planet star system, being a reasonable distance from the center of mass center of the star. Of the star. Yeah. So if the planet is further out and massive, then the center of mass of the star will be further away from its center of mass. Sorry, the, the center of mass of the system will be further away from, from the center of mass of the star. And therefore mm -hmm. it will wobble more. But that's yeah. the, I think, but but that's just for that one method, as you say. Like the transit method is used. You've got the Doppler method. There's also, um, you know, you, you you can also do like spectrographic methods. I think where you can look, compare the frequency spread of light coming from a star, and if some of it is being absorbed as it goes through the planet, uh, a planet's mm -hmm. atmosphere, you'll see like absorption lines in that spectrum appear and disappear, mm -hmm. and that is independent of. Well, is it? No, it's not because you've got a larger surface area of the atmosphere being exposed to, to intercept that light. So that's still got a, a mass. Bias. But no, but if it's still, if it goes past, they can still work out like the different amount of light that's absorbed. Yeah, right? but the, the strength of the So you can tell signal, what's on the signal, Yeah, yeah, you could, and, that, and that's really important. But the strength of the signal is probably, it will be proportional to the radius because that's going to be, well, it's going to be proportional to the radius and the depth of the atmosphere, I mm -hmm. suppose. But then the more massive you are, the more atmosphere you're going to have and the, the deeper your atmosphere, right? Hmm. Because you're going to be sucking it towards you. Is that necessary? Anyway, did did so, you all see the exciting exoplanet news from 
like in the last couple of weeks, I think it was this month. No. Which was Maybe. they reckon they've they've spotted the first exoplanet again through like, ooh, there's a slight dimming in this case of X-rays in another galaxy. <gasps> oh wow. Stop now, it. They've got this one sort of uh sort of data point as it were in that it, they were looking at x-ray binary specifically and the x-rays got cut out for a while um so they can't kind of confirm like some people are like oh it could just be a giant gas cloud um, but the people are like no it's a giant like, planet believe, believe, but they also can't <laughs> they also can't just keep looking to kind of see it again and get the same data again because right. i think the the like time that this same transit would happen again would be you know i also saw there was another exciting thing that was very recent that was a direct image of a relatively nearby exoplanet oh but that was no. because it was like four thousand kelvin it was like a crazy high temperature so it was also emitting light and you can see like there's it a star goes. and then there's like a small blurry thing next to it that's amazing ideal for uh colonization <laughs> four thousand kelvin nice toasty <laughs> Toasty. It's one of the things that they're really targeting the James, the new James Webb telescope for as well. I think it's like actually trying to get like actual pictures of exoplanets, like, yeah, and there'll be a dot, but they'll be like a picture. Look, we did it. It's just, it's going to be such a monumental upgrade on Hubble, oh considering God, the Hubble hardware wait. is thirty years old now, if not older, right? Well, I want to say it was like ninety-two or ninety-three or something, but it was more. Maybe. How how old is Hubble? Googling. Carry on. While you're looking at that, right? Let me just let me just paint a picture for you, right? We're humanity. We're looking for a place <laughs> to go, uh, and so we're we're thinking about launching our ships towards a nearby star to get onto a different planet and start again, or do do whatever we need to do. The closest star that you can get to is. Yeah. It's the sun, actually. Oh, hey, that's the knobhead answer. Is that what that is, Simon? <laughs> and okay, is Proxima Centauri. <laughs> and Proxima Centauri has a planet that revolves around it called Proxima Centauri B. Yeah! I made a film about it once. Which is about 20 degrees cooler than Earth on average. Bullshit, I'm not going. I want to go on holiday. I want to be on a beach. <laughs> Sod it. I'm not going. Can't make me. And actually... Uh, well, that, will, that will also be just as a, a slightly nerdy point it's radiative temperature so Ooh. that would not that would be distinct from the temperature at its surface if ah. it has an atmosphere Ooh. what is the difference Ooh. so basically the earth has a radiative temperature of oh, i always get this wrong it's it's about 15 kelvin lower than the average surface temperature and that's because the level of the atmosphere that is effectively seen by an external observer is the level in the atmosphere at which light sort of statistically speaking on average escapes to space so it's not just like absorbed and re-emitted by a higher level in the atmosphere and because the atmosphere for the first couple of kilometers gets colder as you get higher up that is colder than what is it than at the surface so it's basically the difference between those two is the greenhouse effect that your atmosphere convert confers to your planet Oh, nice. I know how old Hubble is. It's the Ow. same age as me. Yes, it well, it was it was launched in 1990, and I've checked the date, Simon, and it is older than me and you, uh, but younger than Charmony and Ali. <laughs> hey! Wow. So it's it. But also good, I guess. <laughs> so it needs an upgrade. Bless it. Take it off the job. I'm knackered. <laughs> um, 
anyway, right, so you've got you've got Proxima Centauri, which has Proxima Centauri B, which is this yeah, cool world. And okay. the sun itself, Proxima, Centa uh, Proxima Centauri, is dimmer than uh, our sun. Mm. Although I don't know whether Proxima Centauri B is close enough to make that less dim, as in to make it brighter, but it could basically be a sort of cool twilight version of our world. If if you got there, that, that would be what you'd see. And if you keep going out, right, so that's the closest one, but it's not actually the most sort of habitable. Um, that one is, I think it's, the one people talk about is, maybe it's Ross 128? I can't believe I've forgotten this now, but, but this is the other, the, 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 that's an interesting point, though, is Ross. that how do you actually classify all these planets? Because there are different naming conventions that are used sporadically. Yeah, I was like wandering through this list of stars with millions of different names, like Ross 128. Where's Ross 127? They're, they're <laughs> now I've got I've met Good one question. just called Tiergarten, and I'm like, that's just a Dutch man's name. Like, why? I I prefer planets and moons and things with like in our solar system having like names of Greek gods and things like I love that I hate it when you get out and it's just like oh just give them a number Fine. but at the same time like I think we say that because we grew up with it as a, a consistent cultural reference but it is a very Eurocentric way of naming shit in the universe that's true that's very Hashtag true science we could but, but like we we could do better than that right we could we could bring in some other cultures names. Oh. But, like, but then, like, do we say, right, Alpha Quadrant, you are going to be named after shit from Asia. <laughs> like, Beta Quadrant. Look, Asia gonna be has, Africa. like, all of the best religions. Like, how... <gasps> you... Controversial statement there. All of them. <laughs> like, you can't give all of Asia's religions to Alpha Quadrant. Like, you think Alpha Quadrant of, like... would have... A... Yeah, it would be cool. They're all cool. Greek mythology is cool. Yeah, like... religion. Yeah. And but obviously it's, Roman it's, as well. It's but. certainly more romantic than Glee's 581C. Yeah, like I understand that. why scientists need the numbers and the things. It probably helps them a lot, but I don't use, I don't need them in my day to day. And so I would much rather they wouldn't. Like, why isn't there like a Hades and Persephone? I know we've got Pluto, but. But a lot of them, a lot of those names are claimed by the International Astronomical, Astronomical Union by uh, like names of moons. We, oh, we really? blew, blew our load really oh, early yes. in terms of like Serious. naming all of the planets, so the moons of places like Saturn and Uranus. Yeah, but there isn't, the, what? There isn't Persephone, basically, yeah. okay? Why isn't there a Persephone moon? I think there might be, you know. I don't think there is. He's <laughs> in Firefly, if that helps. That but like, can you imagine anyway. in the future saying, like, where's your home planet? Oh, yeah, it's, you know. It, let it, me just it's... chuck some more, let me just chuck some more stuff at you, right? So Ross 128 has Ross 128B, which is brighter than Earth and bigger, so like a bright, roomy world. And as you go further out, you get to Glaze 832C, which is 16 light years away. And that's like five times more massive than Earth. So it would have a gravity of like around 1.5 times as much, I think, because of the radius is obviously takes you further away from the center of mass, even though the mass is much greater. So that would be a heavy world. And apparently it would have a lot of thick atmosphere because it's got more gravity. So imagine a sort of humid, heavy world and it sort of goes out there's a, there's a triple star system in there and there's a very weak star as you go further out and then you know after like 40 light years away you're hitting the trappist system and i had a thought about this whole thing but i feel like you guys have been looking stuff up and you want to share and i'm ready for that i just found uh, that there's a there's a uh well i could even look where it is but there is something called Core or Core, I'm not sure how you say it, which is another name for the Greek goddess of Persephone. Um, but I haven't checked where it is. Or there is a there is a main belt asteroid called Persephone. 
Oh no, Core is a natural satellite of Jupiter, and that is another name for Persephone. So oh, right. there's also something, but a satellite—they're calling it a satellite. Well, it's also an Not asteroid. Not good enough to be a moon. It even has a three-dimensional no. model. But is it called Persephone? It's, it's it's official designation is well no it's minor planet designation is <gasps> three nine nine Persephone. I'm sorry. Minor planet. It gets to be a minor planet and Pluto it's, is just sat well, there. Well, it's, it's forty nine kilometers know, across sad. plus or minus four kilometers. So and it's, it's in the asteroid belt. Uh, yeah. That's I... a big asteroid. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't start like before. Ali, Ali, tell 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 us your thing. You were going to tell. Yeah, us. say your thing. Right. So. When I was looking at a map, which is incredibly hard to read, right, of these, of all of these stars around Earth, what, and I was looking at all this, the planets which are the most sort of look like they could be the best for habitation, what is quite striking is that they're all in one direction, right? Like, imagine that, imagine that, so the, the Milky Way is a wheel, right? You go one way around the wheel, you go other way around the wheel. If you go one way round, you hit all of these stars with all these exoplanets that are a bit like Earth. If you go the other way, there's nothing for the first like 15 light years. There's just zip. Well, is that like, just because of, is that there. observational bias? Is I was going to say direction that we pointed a telescope. At? Yeah, is that the like the way Hubble was looking? Probably Kepler, surely, if it was exoplanet. Kepler, I mean, yeah, does, does it always look the same way? I, mean, I think no, it's probably stars, like a slow sweep. I, I don't actually know. I don't know, but. I, I feel like it could have. It's not just stuck on like. I don't know, you know though, because if at some the point orientation of the solar system compared to the orientation of the Milky Way and the orientation of Earth. But also think about it. If you're doing stuff like the transit method or Doppler shifting, you need a long time series to pick up enough data. So it may be that it's in one configuration for a couple of years and then they move it. I'm not it's, actually it's... sure. It's not like they don't know that there are stars out there. And it's not like that they... Uh, well, I should know. I, what I don't know is whether they've seen that, seen planets, but not seen any, like, exoplanets that are like Earth. I don't know that. That would... Mm. Anyway, what I do so know there, is... there are a load of cool... It's a one direction. That's the direction we're going. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's sort of one direction around. Like, it's all up and down, and they're all in oh, different gosh, distances. Yeah. But they're all in just sort of right, if you look at a map, right? <laughs> so what I was thinking is, like, essentially... As people are like, right, we've got to get off this shit and we've got to go somewhere else. What's the calculation that you're making? Because you've got to be thinking, right, I'm I'm about to, to get on a ship and try and get to a planet, hopefully before anyone else gets there, and then set up my civilization and then hopefully jump to some other planets, right? That's the plan. So do I aim for the one which is closest and race everyone else who thinks they can get there first to get to this planet mm. and colonize it, right? Or do I go one in the same direction with more planets that could be colonized and, and just sort of sit for longer on the ship? But what if, you know, the longer I'm in space, the more likely something is to go terribly wrong, like mm. the risk is rising. And then, but then someone must be thinking, right, we are a tiny little group of people who have no resources, nothing, but we can muster a ship we cannot compete with any of these people. Let's go the other way. Let's go out to the place where there aren't any planets, right? And see if we can find somewhere out there where no one's going to fuck with us. Mm. And then you have like, and then you'd be like, right, well, once you're there, if you're over 20 light years away from anyone, that's like, you know, assuming you're traveling a fifth light speed, that's more than a human lifetime as it stands. No one's going to come for you. So 
it's it's instant. The moment you leave Earth, you've split humanity into different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking up the Kepler mission. It is a fixed field of view. Is it? So it's like a little flashlight or a torch. That's more interesting. That's even more interesting because that says, right, the planets we know about, we've seen, we definitely know there are some out there, but we never actually looked the other way. So there might be some. Ooh. We just have no idea. Mm. But also, like, cool. I, I mean, I would imagine that by the end of this century, if we're still funding these kind of missions because the planet hasn't dissolved into a hellscape, that, you know, you will have done multiple missions at fixed points in the sky right like this is this is like the first transatlantic crossing for by europeans mm. and like you know that there is shit in this particular direction and for like a couple of miles yeah. um and like we're yeah, at such you... early point in exploration but you thought didn't you you're like yeah there's india and it's there and it's close right <laughs> and then look where that got us so <laughs> then we ended up was. with cheese in a can we can't <laughs> we can't afford that again yeah. Excellent film recently about how the Vikings were probably the first people to cross the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Vikings. Love the Vikings. What film was it? Norse. Um, I think it's called you know, When Vikings Lived in America, maybe. Is it Leif Erikson? You just made it? up a name for Leif it. Erikson. No, <laughs> well, I, that was like the first name I made up for it that did end up being the final name for the film. Um, so yeah, practically. Amazing. But it was all cute little animated Vikings and I drew little Vikings and a little Viking ship. And it's super oh, cute. cute. So That's go so check it out. That's that awesome. on my Twitter. I'll retweet it. Do it. Do you know there are bonkers theories that like ancient Egyptians were the first people to reach North America? Like and there are like these drawings these that people provide with like these these theories and, and it's like the raft that you would use to cross from one side of the Nile to the other and they're like yeah they went across the Atlantic in this like there are some, no problem there are certainly some places where the colonization of like islands by humans was quite possibly before they could design boats and they hmm. may have along with other bigger animals just been on ra like rafts of vegetation Polynesia the Polynesian islands like there's apparently a nice the Polynesians were just epic sailors and, and they passed down all their kind of sailing knowledge through uh, just sort of word of mouth, right? That's their culture. And they just learned how to be these just awesome sailors. And then they would just follow the winds round and then they, they colonized basically half the Pacific. But there, that does bring up the interesting point and Cass is actually saying this in chat at the moment that, um, you know, you could very much argue why did people from China and East Russia not go to America before Europeans did? Like, because you know, China had a colossally advanced naval mm. architecture by the 15th century, for example. Like, and I think it is actually a fundamental thing to do with the atmosphere of, you know, the trade winds are blowing in the wrong direction. Like, they yeah. are taking you I... from the east to the west, not yeah. the other way around. I read a very large and incredibly boring book. I got halfway through it about this, uh, and it was all about trade. trade and basically, the, the, the dude just spent the entire book talking about beads he was like it's beads. not a nice way to talk about the chapter of simon's book that you've got to read. yeah it's called firmament <laughs> it's coming out next year <laughs> it's, it's about, like, somewhat about beads the cultural evolution of beads or the trade of beads that show you who well, he was saying that you know who? you could track things by the trade of beads cool. but, but he was Can saying that Chinese... not saying the word beads <laughs> beads, beads. beads. <laughs> just coming up to a newly discovered land hello do you like beads <laughs> beads yeah, who doesn't like beads everyone likes beads that's a good point who doesn't like a bead Exactly. One indigenous person says to the other, I do in fact do like beads. I'm, I'm rather a fan oh, of beads, I do. Yeah, I will. I think I will, actually. Yeah, and, and but the Chinese had this massive, massive navy, but 
they were just interested in their sort of the South China Sea and, and sort of down through Vietnam and Indonesia and that's and towards India that's where they kind of all went and they were basically making it part of their kind of the broader Chinese empire insofar as that was a thing and they never they weren't they're were like we're not interested in going that way we just Chinese empire that's what we're about mm. I feel like I may have simplified and got a lot of that wrong so Science. The history of an entire continent over a thousand hey, years. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was that was about right. Everyone, we don't we don't do like in depth research for some of the weird topics we come on tangents on here. So uh, don't come for us if we. All get I was saying was the winds are blowing the wrong direction. I read the book. <laughs> okay, half a book. It, half a book. Yeah, <laughs> Ali read half a book. Okay, everyone, so he knows what it's talking about. It wasn't like the history of the world in twelve maps, was it? Because I remember that it's talked about in that book, but I don't think it's about One page, beads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's called like beads, and that's it. <laughs> I, I it wasn't I, called beads. We need to write a book called beads? Question mark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the size of sapiens. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of a thumbprint on the front, it's just a bead. The RP geeks present beads. beads? And I want <laughs> whenever they announce it on Radio Four, that's how they ha you have to intone it as a question. Yeah. It's like the Cards Against Humanity card. It's beads. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's beads. Put a D on the end, we've done it. <laughs> I, I think it's an in, interesting insight into how both Ali's mind and Ali's universe works. That when talking about like the colonization of other planets and humans spreading out into the galaxy, the assumption is that we will definitely be at each other's throats. If someone's already landed mm. somewhere, F you, like we're gonna kill each other. Yeah. Like I, I feel That's like there was some maybe capitalist overtones to that, like imperialist, yeah, we have staked I mean... our claims on this planet. I, I find that the immediate like development, well not the immediate, but like give it a couple of hundred years after that happens, like what role do the people who made that decision to strike out in a particular direction and you find a planet and you're you're like the founders, like I feel the like founders. a culture could interpret that in so many different directions. Like it could become like a religious figure or it could mm. be, you know, like lost to time and you don't know why you're on this planet. Like that that is a fascinating part of like kind of early to mid yeah. development of a galactic empire yeah i mean yeah yeah there's so much the other thing i was thinking is like just as just as part of it right like you've got to assume that if we're doing this in 100 years or something we'll have some fairly sophisticated research-based artificial intelligence which is going to help us out doing stuff right and you essentially your whole colonization strategy is limited by the amount of information that you have about where you can go and what you can hope to achieve when you get there right so a really unacknowledged sort of resource is computation time and energy and like essentially can you maximize how much computation can you do before you commit to one place and is it actually better to build a huge floating computer and get power from somewhere which can then as you get closer can integrate information and say yes or no depending on where you want to end up like, and if you do that, then what does that mean you can't do? Like, I mean, if you're, all your resources are going towards building a big floating computer, like, it's just another kind of facet of it, really. And also mm. then you're talking about building a ship that will survive and can change and adapt for, what, hundreds of years, we're assuming? Rather than quick, I'm, I'm going to take, take a gamble and fire off one ship that has one job, which is to get to that point. And... Only a matter of time until it three laws itself. And it's like, uh... these planets are better off if the humans don't wake up. <gasps> oh! And there's just a drifting the hulk law, of... Thou shalt oh my god, that's amazing! That's amazing! I mean, it's basically... 
nuts, well, it's, it? it's, but... it's waking up and being like, okay, so there's this many resources on this planet. If they go at this, I'm going to run a projection. In 100 years, they've all killed each other in a war. Right, okay, next planet. And it just keeps doing that over and over and over again. <laughs> That's it. what Infinity did before she's going to kill you all. Oh, no! <laughs> Infinity is going to realize that the best thing for the maximum amount of life on Praxagantu is if we did not but also, that's, die. That's it's assuming you, that you can build an AI which escapes the bias built into it by its creators. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic there. Yeah, there's <laughs> guys. We should leave that one for another day. Well, I think we are running a little low on, on time to just yeah. in general yeah. because it's yeah. nearly ten o'clock. I think, I think we should we should wrap up our our D and D brief there. Um, unless there's anything else uh, people want to leap into onto the t- topics of today. I have other jumping off points, but they're they're whole topics. So we've had enough jumping off points in the the adventure today. (laughs) That was not a jumping off point. That was you turned it into a falling off point. That was a standing on stuff point. (laughs) What were our options? I'm sorry. (laughs) Like roll anything above. Like I've uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It happened. I fell. Okay. Tenebris fell. I jumped. I tried to not let Uriel fall. Yeah, I tried very jump. hard. The only Can't one who was good time. at rolling was the one who was like, I'm going to make the decision out of my hands. I'll <laughs> 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 just hold on to this panther. Excuse me. Yeah. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you all where you can find us because uh, you should all be following us in other places because Please. other places, mainly social media, um, are invaluable ways to find out what we're doing when new episodes are up, what the topics are, like what's when happening. Memes. memes, clips. We need more memes. We should get some more memes. I mean, we don't make the memes. Other people make the memes for us and then we share the memes, but we will share the memes. <laughs> make memes for us. We'll share them. Yeah. Um. So uh, in case you've forgotten by now, we are the RP Geeks. Yeah. Um, this is our, our weekly live show streamed on Twitch at 7 p.m. UK time every Wednesday. Um, this also becomes a uh, video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rpgeeksdnd. Um, we're also on various podcast hosting platforms. Um, and the best place to find all of those links is, I would say, our website, rpgeeks.co.uk. Um, it sort of reaches out to everywhere, including our Twitter and our TikTok um, and our Instagram, which is also at rpgeeksdnd. Um, and yeah, do give us a follow and you can find also links to each of our four individual social media channels from there. Mainly yeah. mainly Twitter, I think, is the one that we're um, all with. TikTok. The TikTok is the big one. Do I mean for the personal, for our personal personal accounts? Yeah. um, We are all actually on Twitter. Yeah, Um, Twitter. Also follow our TikTok, our TikTok is great. Hey, follow our Instagrams and our TikToks if you can find them. Um. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we will be back uh, next week, uh, picking up from where we left off in the adventure, followed by yet more science. Thank you all so much for watching, listening, and we'll see you again soon. And thank you, Sharmini. Yay, Sharmini. Yay, Sharmini. You also did some stuff today. Well done, you two, I I guess. Well done, Ali. Well done to everyone else, too. Yeah, good job. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God.